Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you What's up, weirdos? I am excited to get into this, get into this show. I'm so happy that Sarah Silverman sat down and uh, we could make it happen. Before we do that, uh, a couple things. One, uh, a live comedy show coming up in Boston. I don't get to Boston uh, very often, and this is with my good friends Eugene Merman and Kurt Brauneller. And I wouldn't be surprised if some other uh, really, really funny, possibly uh, big names in Boston drop by. Because it's the holidays and that's what people do. So check that out, December 22nd at the Paradise also, uh, I, literally before I recorded this, someone tweeted at me that this show, the show that you're about to listen to, was nominated on uh, LaughSpin.com for the Reader's Choice Comedy Awards, which is really cool. Um, so if you want to vote for the show, that's how, where to do it. Also, uh, I'm really, really thrilled with how many people are listening and how many people are enjoying and letting me know that they enjoy the show on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, as, a, as a thank you, I've decided that I'm going to start uh, putting some of these things out um, before I recorded my CD, I recorded another CD at uh, the UCB in New York. So this was uh, a couple of years or a year and a half before I recorded my actual CD. So there's a lot of uh, these weird kind of B-sides and stuff, uh, some stuff that I didn't use on the album, some stuff that I can't uh, do anymore, like the, like the track I'm about to uh, play, because it relates to a relationship I'm no longer in. Um, so it's awkward to perform live. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let these out, uh, as a little bonus, as a little bonus to people who are listening to the show. Thank you so much, guys. Stay in touch on Twitter, Pete Holmes with a Z, PeteHolmes.com, and our guest is at Sarah K. Silverman on Twitter. Thanks, guys, and I hope you enjoy. I couldn't get through. And men, I think women just move differently than men. And it's not right or wrong. I'm a man. I'm wrong. I'm a, I'm a cold, gray computer person. You understand? I don't have to be in a rush to be in a rush. I've literally been on the sidewalk. Get out of my way! i got to get to Tasty Delight, damn it! There's no rush. Slow, slow your roll. Slow your roll. But, but women move a little more leisure. My girlfriend is very leisure. She just... That's how she just tiny little step. She's cute. The main thing, though, being in a relationship versus being single for me is missing the subway for me. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Listen to me now. When I'm single, I don't, I don't miss it. <laughs> I make it. I assess a train's direction from the street level through the grate like a herd of buffalo that I'm stalking. You understand? I rip open my shirt down the stairs. I'm amazing on the stairs. Two at a time on the stairs. I'm in a rush. I don't look like I'm in a rush. Here to here, I'm cool. Down here, I'm doing like an Irish caper. Do you understand? Here to here, I'm Obama. Down here, I'm Luigi jumping. Do you get it? My Metro card, it's right here. Do you want to see it? I can get it in two seconds. It's right here. Swipe strong down the stairs with time before the doors close to get my hat on the platform like Indiana Jones. Light a cigarette. Kiss a woman I don't know. I make it. Now I have this girlfriend. I love her with her cute little legs and her tiny little boots. I have to lead her atop the stairs. I'm like, come on! It's time for the train! She's like, ooh, the world is magic! This isn't my daughter, do you understand? This is another capable adult human. I should be able to be like, go, human! Like I'm assuming you do when I'm not here to shepherd you. I swipe through. She's just starting the process. She's opening a bag. 
to get another bag. Do you understand? It's a bag within a bag, like a Russian doll system of baggery. Getting distracted by the sea of receipts, like, ooh, when was I at Jamba Joe's? Medium pomegranate paradise? I'm like, 1993, let's go! Trains are leaving. She's just starting with the swiping, like, swing. Insufficient fare. Hold on to that one. insufficient keeper. Why? Why do you have these? Why do you have a graveyard of Metro cards in your bag within a bag Russian doll system of baggery? Are you scrapbooking later? Just getting home with a big empty white book taping them in like crazy summer! We miss so many trains! (laughs) Okay. Another person yawns uh, is a, a trigger of of like clinical sympathy. Interesting. I know. Like you have a chemical empathy. For Doesn't somebody. ring true to me because I don't feel like oh he yawn. No, you know it's weird. Even the word yawn makes me want to makes me want to yawn. I'm about but to. I, this is it's kind of on the cusp. <laughs> totally real. That's real. That's God. a real yawn. That's a real. Well, let, let's just begin because we're just jamming mm-hmm. and we're just having a good time. Uh, this is You Made It Weird. I'm your host, Pete Holmes, and I'm so happy to be here with uh, Sarah Silverman. Hello. Well done. I'm deciding to talk like this. We were just talking about voiceover and the subtlety of the magic of wearing earphones <laughs> and how you can slip into different characters. It's true. I find that magical. And we're here in your home. Yeah. I've been Look. to your home before. And I'm very envious of uh, your, your bathtub. Thank you. Your I love it. Jazz, awesome I take bathtub. up to three baths a day. Yeah, you told me that. But usually just one or two. I but can't. I like to start and end my day with the bath. Even The longer the day, the more I make a point of it. Yeah. that's so. You know what's funny? We were just talking about all this weird uh, new agey stuff that I do. Yeah. I've been taking cold showers. And I did all this research. I, I wonder if I can make you take cold showers in the following. Yeah. First of all, you acclimate very quickly. And I don't mean like in the shower. The first shower will be unpleasant. But like day three of doing it, it's nothing. I, you adjust that quickly. Really good for your skin, your hair, your circulation, your immune system. It boosts a chemical that fights cancer. I'm a weirdo. No, I, can, I will tell you, I do end up taking cold showers because, and this is just, this is just that the apartment had this in it already. <laughs> but there's like a steam button in my shower. Oh, God. I will steam it up. And it, it gets so hot that I end up putting the water cold. See, that's like really good. the shower, and it's so good. It feels so good when the cold water hits yeah. your hot head. Yeah. And you have the above, I believe I remarked, you have the above shower. I changed it, though. That's, that's it was there like that. It's yeah. like that in that one. But uh-huh. um, I don't like that. It's not, like, hard enough for me. I have so oh, much I hair. I need, like, a hard <laughs> jet. <laughs> That's the other thing is when you take cold showers, your water pressure is unbelievable because nobody's just, you know what I mean? Like it always seems to come out so much faster that I had to like switch the nozzle so it wouldn't like pound. It's so good. I fucking love it. And your energy is great. I'm such a weirdo. No. I kind of like it though. I like being, 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 yep, louder, louder. Perfect. That's another thing you can do. Do you ever like tell yourself good things or you're like, I'm a good person or I like myself? Uh, no, but sometimes I hear my dad. Can we swear on this? Yeah, I've said fuck several times. Like in sports, <laughs> um, my dad would always come to my games, and like if I did well, he'd be like, You are such hot shit. 
<laughs> and, uh, that kind of goes through my head. It you hear that sometimes. Like, sometimes, like, you know. See, I'm, I'm interested. I, I was talking to, I talked to Dimitri and I, I talked to Jim Gaffigan about this I, and uh, Neil Name Brennan. Dropper. Yeah. But they've all, you see, if people are following the show, they'll already know those names are dropped. Right. That's true. You know I, what I mean? I say this when I hear these names, but Neil Brennan, I lost my virginity to Neil Brennan's oldest brother. Kevin? Yep. I know Kevin Brennan. See, you know he, the person who he, the I was person a who took your when virginity. I lost my virginity. I was nineteen. I was twenty-two, so I win Ooh. in the lameness category. Touché. Thank you. <laughs> Six pumps. <laughs> All right, you get you have you're the pumper. Six pumps. Horrible. Are you sure? Are you just saying like it was a f- only very few pumps? No, I distinctly remember it was one, two, three, four, five, six. Did you I'm count ca- down from six? No, and I'm counting <laughs> in as one and out as two. Oh. <laughs> so really, that's three. One, two, three. Yeah, exactly. It was one, two, three, four, five, six. But well, horrible. one means you're going in. Yep. Right? Yep. So two means you're coming out, which yep. means you came on six, on which six. means you're coming out. Yeah, that's coming, right. Pulling which is probably quite your feet. It was, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. I don't want to brag. And then I, w- I was 22 and I grew up religious, so I had all this like sexual repression. This is one of the things I told you on this podcast, we always end up talking about comedy, sex, and God. Well, I'm so into- Are you Catholic? No, I'm the other kind. All right, what? What's I, I was that? raised Protestant, Protestant yeah. Is that do they that is that not as much guilt as Catholic guilt? That's it's interesting. Because the Protestant church and specifically the evangelical slash non-denominational, kind of like when you think of mega churches, churches that have coffee shops in them and stuff, oh. that's where I grew up going, like super churches. Wow. Not Oregon, but like acoustic guitar and like, what's up? Let's pray to Jesus. What's up, bro? You know, like real oh, casual okay. youth group, uh t shirts and that sort of stuff, like um, you know, the Jesus fish was big in the parking lot, that sort of stuff. Jesus fish, you know, on the, on people's bumpers. Oh yeah, you what know? is that? Because he like made a gave a fish. He made a fish. He made two fish out of one fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Dr. Seuss Jesus two fish, red fish, blue fish miracle. You no, know, you're very close. He, he fed five thousand, or depending on which gospel you read, five thousand or seven thousand people with uh, like a, three fish and a couple pieces of bread. Well, which is it? Because seven thousand would be incredible. Well, actually, uh, five thousand is like okay. There, there are interesting. A lot of soup kitchens can make that stretch. <laughs> Seven thousand, I'm impressed. So five, I need to know. Five, who cares? <laughs> hey, this doesn't belong in Luke. Bible heckling. There's actually some interesting. <laughs> there's some interesting. Uh, your half of the Bible, as I call it, the chosen people. That's the first one. Yeah, the first testament. Okay. The Older Testament. Uh, there's, there's, uh, we found records of uh, Goliath in the Bible. I believe I, I've been wrong before. The claymation thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the cutest. Are you kidding or not? Laugh? I didn't know. I didn't know if you were joking. Of course, yes. I'm talking, the claymation, David and Goliath, in the Bible as it is now, the way it was canonized, that means is like officially vacuum sealed and like this is the Bible. I believe it says Goliath was about 13 feet tall. And then we found later, we, uh, someone found later, like older versions of the Old Testament. Who, where, you and Nick Kroll? Me and Nick Kroll. <laughs> me, me and some of my Jew friends went <laughs> digging for scrolls and Nick was into it, man. He was into it. And it said he was like 6'6", which is like my height, which is weird. But because it was already like deemed official, we were like, I guess he was 13 feet. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because people are probably, I think people were in general smaller then. Yeah, absolutely. There are a little less hormones pumped into the food. Yeah, we weren't drinking all that milk. and so, Yeah, absolutely. If I went back in time, I would immediately be slaughtered and like mounted. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, maybe you're the fish they're talking about that fed seven thousand. <laughs> it was just some guy, it was that, like a really tall guy like that tall they dog. called fish. Chop, chop yeah. up fish and feed. It five. was like a really tall Abe Vigoda. <laughs> <laughs> that reference should be sealed. I, you know what's funny is you said Abe Vigoda, but I pictured Tony Robbins, and it made me laugh. He's a huge man. Wow, why would I don't think anyone's ever pictured Tony Robbins when the words Abe Vigoda. I don't know why. I can't picture Abe Vigoda. I think anyone who knows Abe Vigoda's name younger than us um now only know it from like roasts and comedy yeah. references. Punchlines. Yeah, what was that one I wouldn't fuck you with someone's dick? Phil? B Arthur. B Arthur, yeah. Hey, there's that's her mugshot? Yeah, no, uh Marines. B. Arthur. Arthur was in the Marines? Yeah, although she always denied it. But, I mean, I just got that picture from the internet. It's hanging on my wall for you listeners. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's young and she's, she's, she she's looks very, like she's in a, in a you know, prison shot or a mug shot. But. She looks very severe, but like in a, in, a power, in a powerful way. Yeah. How did we, we – oh, we were talking about sex and religion. And your question was, are, do I have like Catholic guilt? Yeah, yeah. The difference is uh, – Protestants have a different kind of guilt because we have what you'd call a personal relationship with God. So God is like active in your brain. Like you think about him monitoring your thoughts and stuff. So you have a different kind of guilt. So when you're masturbating, you don't feel like you're going to hell, but you feel like someone's watching you. Absolutely. In fact, recently, I was, I think I may have said this, Katie, on the podcast earlier. I was going to masturbate, uh, when the rapture was going to happen, remember? But in the back of my mind, I was like, it might be the rapture. And I didn't. Because I didn't want to have my ham and my sandwich when Jesus came back on a. Is your sandwich your hand? I like to think of the bread as my hand hand and my penis being the. Yeah, I've never been asked that, but I've said that on stage and people are fine with it. Yeah, no, I feel like it's clear, but. I also like saying take myself to dinner. I think that's a very funny. For masturbating? Yeah, I made that one up. I'm very proud of it. I love that. I'm just going to stay home, take myself to dinner. That's great. Do you like it? Love it. I'm very happy about that. So I, I feel like you're interviewing me, and, and people are That's just going to be... That's a good be... TV uh, masturbation reference. Absolutely. I'm going to take myself to dinner. Yeah. Like, you could do that on Spin City. No one would mind. On Spin City? <laughs> that's my reference. That's Why my... is that your current reference that's, of sitcoms? That's my Abe Vigoda. That's my, <laughs> that's, that's my deep cut. So what was I going to ask you? What was I asking you? What hey, were... what does it matter, man? Let's just go. Let's, Let's just flow. It fucking matter. You know what, what, what my first weird thing about you is? That you are a sweetheart. Oh, that's okay. Weird. <laughs> you know, what? I do think because sometimes when I work on someone's show on a show, you know, and I don't know the people or something. Right. So many times either the makeup person or the, you know, wardrobe person will go, I thought you were going to be so mean. Yeah. I was scared to me. Well, <laughs> and then- I go, what, what do I give out? And then I have to be honest, like. But I, I'm always surprised. Like, I don't think of myself as dirty. I'm more, I'm such a, like, prude in so many ways, yeah. you know? And I don't think of myself as mean. Yeah. But it's definitely out there. But the good news is um, that's just to strangers. Yeah. Well, Ch- Chelsea and I, t- I know you're friends with Chelsea. And we were talking about this as well when she did She's mean. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea's humor favorite. Chelsea's humor can certainly be mean I one time said to her Being I was like, teased by Chelsea though is like being teased by like Rickles Like it's such a joy it. It is you know? a joy. Like, And to me I love when my friends make fun of me and stuff Because oh, it, I, it makes me feel no, It makes you feel known Not Absolutely. known but you know known It makes you're, you feel oh, loved You're you know? being given wonderful specific attention It always blows my mind when people Have a chip on their shoulder Or get upset when they're teased You know yeah. like and, and 
nine times out of 10, especially in our world and our friends, the ones that are the most upset uh, are the ones that dish it out more than anybody. Yeah, that's true. And it's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea can definitely take it as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I one time said that Chelsea wrapped up all the feelings of junior high in one person. Oh, she's just amazing. <laughs> her, her tweets are so like you – and in a way, it's like her comedy. It's like you can't put your finger on what it yeah. is, but yeah. you it's she reaches something – that isn't that you don't put into words. Absolutely. If she's back like, of your like thing. Like she she one time tweeted, Avail to do podcasts, JK. And I laughed for like, I, know. I laughed for like five minutes. And I always wonder, like, is that funny to everybody or just like I every comic and people who know it? But I think it is. But she, it's just something I've never seen before. Me neither. And she she told me that sometimes people will tweet like her. You know what I mean? So that that's what makes me think it's a She fact. is, I will tell you, she is easily it, it's so fun to take on her things oh, that yeah. it makes me scared. I like I love her so much, but then sometimes I'm like, I've got to get back into my own head because when I'm around her, I'll say like hella yeah. and like straight did, up and all those it. things. Cause it's so fun to do, but it's her. It's I from did it her. to you before we were rolling. You said a uh, sugar free Red Bull was in your rider. And I said, I love a good sugar free red. Yeah. That's, that's Chelsea. I'm ripping off my friend Chelsea. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, I do it's it so hard. Time. She's very, uh, she's a, yeah. But she's like she's like you in that she's perceived as mean. One more Chelsea story. One time I said uh I, I she called me out on something and it was awkward, like that I had done wrong to her or whatever. And I just laughed. I was so delighted by it and I went, Oh man, I I'm, I'm sorry. I just love being called on my shit, which I do. Yeah. And then she goes, without missing a beat, like it was a, a sitcom, she goes, Then you're gonna love this friendship. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I think I laughed for twenty minutes. I mean I I can't believe it. Anyway, this is Chelsea Peretti, who's very funny, Chelsea V. Peretti on Twitter. She's so great. Yeah. But, uh, I have one more. Like one time I um and I'm we're both so in tune with this kind of stuff. It might but I uh we had like a sweet moment and I, you know, it's a sweet, quiet moment, friendship moment together, and I smiled and she just went. I could hear your smile. Ah, like, she's a bit about that. Is that yeah, bit about you? Maybe. <laughs> she has, should I be able to hear your smile? That's a bit she does all the time. I know, I know. I don't know if it started with me or if she started saying it. That's really funny. I was one of the people. I recently <laughs> did the uh, the classic junior high fuck motion. The fin- I'm doing it now, but I have to describe it. The uh, you know finger into the other finger you're making a circle with to indicate intercourse. I sound like a professor of how to be a, a rap scallion. So I was doing that and my hands were so dry <laughs> that you could hear the sound of the friction and she did like five minutes on it that just oh made me God. laugh so hard on having two dry hands. I was like, I guess that that's what I mean that she's like junior high. You know what I mean? I was like, you're teasing me, but I love it. Yeah. Do you, you, uh, do you have siblings? I have three sisters. Older? Yeah. You're the youngest. Uh-huh. Interesting. I'm interested in, I guess everybody is in the psychology of the comedian. I'm the youngest. And I put on a show all the time yeah. to kind of like. It's a great slot, though. It is a great slot. You're the headliner. Yeah. You came last. They opened. Your parents for you. are done. Yep. You do whatever you want. They're not worried. Yep. And uh, everyone just wants you to like do bits. Exactly. And I did. And like my therapist just said this to me. It was like, and you turned it into like a, a lucrative job. You're like doing well with your handicap. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's always like a some sort of. Um, trauma from your childhood that yeah. informs, you know, either your success or failure. Well, I, I don't want to be to be hack or anything, but I do like talking to people about, um, you know, you don't have 
an eye patch or to steal from 30 Rock a corrective boot of some sort that you had to wear as a kid. Did something happen? I did have to wear a corrective boot. <laughs> yes, I had to wear um, a brace on my feet that turned them out at night. This is not true. Looking, yeah, but it didn't do anything. I'm now like in rehab trying to uh, correct my feet. Still? Yeah. Are you like duck footed? Is that what they call it? My my dad's feet are I'm gonna straight up deformed. Really? And, um, yeah. And I I found out I kind of have the same thing where my bones are. You know when people need like braces late in life because yeah. their teeth are the way they grow. My yeah. my bones like my legs above my knee are twisting one way and below my knee are twisting another way and I have to kind of like Ooh. relearn. It's so it makes you really appreciate like. Being able to walk yeah. pain-free and stuff. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that because you sprained your finger and I sprained my foot. And I, it was just walking on uneven pavement. And like it hasn't been the same since. Like, that's because we're at that age where it doesn't ex- get better. That's exactly right. I'm just like <laughs> – I've gone to doctors and acupuncturists and they're just kind of like, how old are you? Stop asking me how old I am. That's yeah, just a fuck preamble. Fuck you. Just make me better. Yeah, make I'm me three. Better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a healthy immune system and I don't like what you're implying, sir. <laughs> I don't like that at all. So let me ask you this. This is another thing that keeps coming up on the podcast when I'm talking about why people are comedians. Overbearing mother, overloving mother, perhaps? Um, well, I'm going to just go ahead and say she has the internet. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, There's I, no way she's going to hear this. My, okay. Um, let's see. I, well, to open it up, the reason I ask is that I've noticed a pattern and I've, I've heard other people point out this pattern of performers and artists of all types, musicians, painters, whatever. You have this like angelic mother who is like just the biggest fan of you. Right. I gave my mama a magnet that I got at the Arclight where it's a mom holding up a baby and the mom's saying, you're perfect. And the baby's saying, I know. Yeah. And that's oh. on my fridge right now. That's exactly our dynamic. Okay. So I have this mom that was just like injected me with the idea that I could do anything. And everything I do is wonderful. Like Seinfeld's mom on the show was like, who wouldn't like Jerry? Like everybody. Right, like, that's right. my mom. Yeah. And then I had the the kind of distant father who wasn't, didn't, was slow with his uh, praise or, or slower than my mom that I had to kind of like tap dance to try and get his attention. So I had both. Too much attention and not enough simultaneously. Oh. I think I had a combination like that, but not between my parents. My mom did praise me and like... She used to say when I was little, and I never knew what it meant because we weren't we grew up in New Hampshire and not in show business. She'd be like, "You've got that it, you really got that it," and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, and then um, you've got that it. But my mom, like, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire, and you know, the, as far away from show business as you could be. But my mom was always someone who like read People magazine, and like if you brought up yeah. somebody, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, her mother is blah blah blah, and they're from da da da. She was married to do do do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she loves it. So I think I saw that. That's where I could get approval from her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like she was kind of. She she's a combination of totally supportive and loving and slept through my childhood. Like it's like weird kind of combination, but that's because her, her own stuff. Her what stuff? Her own stuff. Oh, her own stuff. You know, she just was Was she like And I find myself sleeping a lot. I love sleeping. Um I'm con- I'm constantly in between naps. 
Yeah. I just need to nap all the time. But she never we, went to my sports games. I was like an athlete, and she never went to any of my games. Never. One, not one. That Literally almost, not one. That kind of seems to feed into the idea that, like, you see, you're looking for that attention, and then, like, I, I, I've said many times on the show where it's like, I want people to listen to me. Like, that's what I really, really want. So, like, that mom not showing up thing, do you think you're combating that a little bit to have, like, a couple thousand people listening to you in a theater? Uh, I guess, yeah. Or I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't disagree. I just I'm not. I don't know. My dad um is super supportive too, but it's like he. I don't feel like he hears what I'm saying, and he's smart in his own way. He's very smart, yeah. you know. But he's like a a boston guy kind of thing too, yeah but he's and he's well me too I, I'm, I'm from lexington yeah so i mean he he um i can't remember what my point was gonna be well you were saying he's he's really into it and he's really supportive and all that sort of stuff oh yeah but i feel like, like when he comes to see me do stand up um he loves it so much but i don't think he's listening to what i'm saying he's just looking at everyone in the audience going like oh my god they, so... look at them laughing like what are they laughing at? i can't believe i don't think that. he could quote any of my jokes but and it's adorable i mean i don't it's not that doesn't bother me at all i can't believe you're saying that i've had the exact same experience my parents have seen me do an hour a couple times like i'll go back to my old school and they'll come and watch my old school's christian and i have to keep it clean so i'm like that's the one come to that right. one and i do jokes that i haven't done in 15 years and then like i'm up on stage and I look at my parents, I can see them and they're looking around. I've said the exact same thing. They couldn't name one of my jokes. And my mom afterwards was like, I couldn't even listen. I was just looking around at the people laughing. Yeah. And then they'll be it's like, it's their baby. They just can't believe it. How? And it, and you're on stage for an hour. You think that adjust and maybe listen to the last joke, but no, that's, that's really interesting to me. So if your mom is saying you're it, right? I mean, in, I'm interested in, the psychology of success. And I consider you a very successful person. When you were young, did that like take root? Were you like, I am it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do show business. Like, did you feel like you had a goal and a path? I always wanted to be a comedian yeah. and an actress always. Like since um, in third grade, there's like a thing I filled out that said, when I grew up, I want to be, and then a line and I had to write. And it said like a comedian, an actress or a masseuse. <laughs> it was like one of those things where I was the youngest, so everyone would convince me to rub their shoulders and then to get me excited and keep doing it, they'd go, you're so good at this, your uh, hands are so strong, you know, so I was like, that was a big thing for me. If you and had I that, I got that so would, much approval. What a treasure that would be to have that. Can you imagine? What? That piece of paper. Uh, my mom might have it. I don't know. That's unbelievable. I, when, I, when I was a kid, I remember thinking I was on TV and kind of like, this is pre-reality and thinking, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm being televised. Ooh. Kind of like, you know, when people are telling you God is watching you and angels are watching I was like, what's the difference? I'll, I'll put on a show if they're going to watch. And I'd talk to myself in the mirror and all that sort of stuff, being like, this is the Pete show. And here we are in a world where that's like not unheard. Like right. you know, Hulk Hogan has his own show. And I was kind of like positioning myself towards that because this is what do you so you wanted to be a comedian in third grade Mm -hmm. and did you like have a backup plan or were you like i'm doing this see that i I keep running into that that is this thing that i find very psychologically interesting was it just like almost like a calling you felt a calling yeah that i do feel that way i feel like it was a calling i know it sounds so corny but no i I mean my other sister's a rabbi so i mean i guess it's kind of it's not that dissimilar but yeah. I just don't I just I think when you're a comic, when it's in your bones, it's like 
that's what you are. It's like it's like being gay. You know, it's like right. when you say I've always I was always gay or right. whatever. Like it's the same thing. That's you know? so bizarre. I've often made the comparison that coming out. Uh, and I don't want to put down or, or, or minimize how difficult it is to come out as gay. But like saying that you want to be a comedian is as close as I came to coming out in the sense that you have to be like, I think I'm funnier than everyone. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Like, right. I think I can do this for a job and I'm not going to work in an office. I'm going to tell jokes. And people judge that. And I can't even imagine that. that kind of like having a job. I mean, when people go, it's so brave to be a comedian. I just go, I feel like I would have a panic attack every day if I had a night if yeah. I worked in an office. Yeah. I the monotony or whatever. And and again, I know people are listening that But work then it would offices. be fun to I feel like maybe it would be fun to be like the funny one at the office though. You right. Know? It's funny that you say that because I think about like war or something. I'm like, I could never go to war and then I'm kinda like, oh I'd be pretty funny like yeah, at the end of the, the day I'd one. tell some stories. But then I definitely die. I'm fucking huge, oh and I'm doing an impression of the Sarge or whatever, and I pull a pin out of my grenade. I'm fucking dead immediately. But, uh, yeah. this is what, Oh, I was just going to ask you something. Oh, the other thing that's interesting about uh, you doing comedy is that, like, I was a very anxious kid, and it actually said on your Wikipedia that you have struggled with that sort of stuff. It's so Who writes Wikipedia I don't know. pages? Like, I don't know. So I mean I'm not bothered by it. It's, yeah. I mean I'm completely open about it. That is that's the only research I do. I go to the Wikipedia. You have a very big Wikipedia page with really? a lot of hot links. Yeah, you should check it out. Really? It says it says influences Steve Martin and yeah. I was like, no, I love Steve Martin. He's my absolute favorite of all time. And I was like, did anyone ask there? Is that just a, is someone guessing? You know oh, like I mean? they're saying that's who I'm. Yeah, but I'm nothing like Steve Martin. But I I did. I mean I. On the ceiling of my childhood bedroom, which is still there, yeah. it says, I love Steve Martin in pencil. It's still there. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. His albums are framed on my wall. And they're the only comedy albums I have on my iPod because I, I feel like you can listen to them yeah. indefinitely. You can listen to them forever. And I still will laugh because kind of like what you were saying about Chelsea is that I'm not laughing at the surprise of the punchline. I'm laughing at some sort of X factor, this hiccup in his timing that fools me. I've listened to the album so many times and I'm still like, when's he going to say it? Half a beat later than you think he is, Pete, because he's a delight. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I love, I love the, I, I, I don't know, I couldn't have articulated it when I was a kid, but I do love like that contrast of arrogance and yeah. silliness. Yeah. You know, like... I- I'm fascinated with his fascination with getting started. On his albums, he, he'll be doing 15 minutes, and he's like, okay, let's get started. Yeah. <laughs> I love the concept of when does it start? You know what I mean? Like, when does the show start? I'm just a man talking to you. This is something I've straight up tried to interpret in my own way in in my act. I was going to say rip off. It is a bit of a rip off. I, I find that fascinating the idea that I'm just a man talking about you. I was like, okay, let's start show business. No more, you know, no more messing around. Time for professional <laughs> comedy jokes. I love that stuff. The first time I heard that, I, 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 I that really changed. Oh my God. Your video of bombing. You see you, that? Oh my God. Chelsea showed it to me. Yeah. Where, and then you're like bombing so bad. And then you, you, you know, you're like, um, <laughs> steal like uh, the delivery of a, of Seinfeld. Of a famous yeah, comic and then right. you add the Seinfeld yeah. and it works perfectly <laughs> it's so funny that was that was in my first like two years of comedy and I, I just was I was doing Seinfeld at, at that point <laughs> out of desperation and I get dry mouth and I do a fake laugh I feel horrible 
I always think it's good to look back on stuff you did and cringe because it just means you're growing and yeah. changing and stick and not sticking to one. Like if I was still a, uh, I'm just saying this innocently and I don't know what, well, I don't know what you guys are laughing at. I mean, I'd right, be right. so stuck in a moment, you know, yeah. it was like an honest, it was honest in a moment in time for me in some yeah. ways, but it would be just so, so like, it'd be like, you know, uh, you know, very, um, uh, was it baby Jane? I don't know. I continue like, well, I was doing my show on Comedy Central and I love that show and I, I can't, I still wear football shirts and stuff like that, but I was like, right. oh boy, if I'm 40 and I'm still wearing uh, pigtails, it's gonna, I'm going to start feeling a little funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting uh, that you do kind of have to adapt your persona. I think that's one of the greatest things. But I don't think it it, it can't be like, I'm going to start wearing V-necks and that's going to be me. Right. I mean, I think it's just you have to keep being a person in the world. But that's one of the most. (laughs) Like, I think that's when comics aren't funny. And, you know, like, you'd go, why? How come when comics get famous, they're not funny? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because they're not living in the world anymore. Anymore. I'm you actually know, like other people do their shopping and everything. Right. You know? I'm actually going to quote Sinbad right now. I actually think Sinbad's quite funny. Yeah. He said comedians are funnier when they're broke because they're still taking the bus. Yeah. And I was like, of course. I, I'm losing touch with reality. I'm I'm nowhere near famous, but like I'm losing touch because I can order my groceries. You know, but you know what? It's this is just occurring to me, but maybe. The audience is catching up to the jadedness of the uh, successful comedian because everybody can order everything yeah. online now. So it's like That's you have true. this assistant at your fingertips. The human you know? experience is more and more like a uh, rich person from the 30s. Like we, right. we, li- we live a dream, like a middle class person lives a dream. We have a constant assistant. It's called Amazon. Yeah, Amazon they and Google you. and Netflix. And like we, we basically do have an electronic And obviously that's still a person of means. You know, but it's. A, you mean if you have all you don't those have things? To be rich. Yeah, you don't have to be rich. You can have those things and be relative. You can and be- I'm lucky because I am not. I'm. I am want for nothing, but I'm. But I. You look. We're sitting in my four room apartment. Right. I, mean, I, I keep my overhead low. I, I was just thinking about that today because, like, there was there was like a thing at work, and I was like, "Am I going to be fired?" I'm writing on a show, and I was like, "What if I'm fired?" And I was like, "This is why I live in an apartment. My my rent is fifteen hundred dollars. I." I live well below my means and that enables me to be artistically daring. I like if you're like if I bought a house or something I would be like uh yes to whatever that Doritos ad where I have to be naked. That's what I tell when I that's the advice I give to you know not that everyone's looking for my advice but I've like talk to girl, you know, young girls and stuff or sure. whatever. I always say, keep your overhead low yeah. and you never have to compromise yeah. ever. That's, I can't, you're talking to me right now. That, that's perfect. My dad is that way. You know, I mean, my dad, <clears throat> my dad isn't perfect in this, but he hates rich people, which is a little bit extreme, but yeah. he, he picks fights with them and he hates, he just hates materialism and, and hate is a strong word. He really does. Like yeah. he, you know, someone with a fancy watch will just be like, oh, that's a nice watch. Uh, my Timex uh, is perfect and it can, I can put it underwater. I can swim with it. Ah! Your watch could probably feed like uh, 800 people. But right. no, yeah, you need a watch. Right. You know, like, he, he's been punched in the face three winters in a row. <laughs> 
I have never heard the expression three winners in a row, which well, I because love. because they're snowbirds. You know, he lives in New Hampshire, but they go to Boca, uh-huh. you know, in the winter. And he doesn't have any friends. He's very proud that he has no friends there. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, it's like a whole different kind of people than in New Hampshire. I mean, yeah. this is a picture from him at camp. And all his best friends are in that picture still. Still? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's great. Uh, Phil Holman and Dick Katz and... Old Dickie Katz? Dickie Katz. <laughs> oh, my dad would say, got any gum on you, Dick? <laughs> that was hilarious. Did you have a ham dad? I have a ham dad. Oh, yeah. Huge. Constantly like, makes hammy jokes. But I grew up thinking my dad was the funniest person I've ever met. Of you course. Know? I, often, is, I still do. I often think if my dad had grown up in with Twitter or whatever, he would have been great. Just, my dad's on Twitter. Your dad's on Twitter? Yeah. Rants from Boca. Rants from Boca? And all he does is shit on rich people. And I'm like, Dad, you need some sort of comedic angle. You can't just be like... You're a scumbag, you with the Mercedes or whatever. That you know, is but the best. Sometimes he does have a pretty funny angle, but usually it's just, you know, I go, Dad, you inspire people by just living life the way you live it with right. your, you know, simply and, and people right. will go and, and be nice to people and people will be inspired by how you live. But now he wants to be, he wants to prov- he likes to poke, you that's know. <laughs> that, that's like that's like that Louis bit where he said, uh, "I drive an infinity." It's in the pilot of the show with Chelsea. Yeah, and uh, he says, "I drive an infinity." It could probably feed. Yeah. yeah, I could trade it in for a perfectly good Ford Focus and feed ten thousand people or whatever. And it's like I think about that stuff all the time. Yeah, it's absurd. You really have no excuse <laughs> to like live super super rich style, like your dad is saying. I mean, I agree, you know. I like nice things. I'll I'll buy something nice if I know I'm going to wear it. It's yeah. going to be a staple, yeah. you know, or I mean, I'm not and I'm not cheap. Right. That's you know, funny that you said that. I, that's a bad thing I, in my family. I can't too. stand. Yeah, I don't like cheap people. My dad always says, "Tighter than two coats of paint." After I just bought, be everyone cheap lunch. with yourself. Yeah, be cheap <laughs> with yourself. Fine, but like you know, tips and stuff. You just always gotta yeah. go, especially when you're Jewish. You gotta go. Oh, well, especially, tip uh, tip what normal people tip, but double it. And you're you're recognizable. I have to imagine there's a greater pressure for you to tip. Right, but it, I always think it, like, what am I? What do I need this? I, right. You know, like you get bad service, you still tip. Oh my God, even more half the time. Because I'll go crazy at what a fucking asshole our waiter or waitress is and how shitty they are. And oh, look, he's not writing it down. I guarantee you he'll forget something and he does or this or that. And then I feel so guilty for complaining about like service that I I overcompensate with anyway. Did you ever wait tables? Yeah. See, I think that's just in your blood forever. You'll just be like, I know know what it's like to get stiffed 15 times. I worked at Bennigan's or whatever. You did? Yeah, fucking horrible. I worked at a Mexican restaurant, La Cantina, and bar, the Margaritaville Lounge. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds perfect. Yeah. Well, let me bring it back to anxiety because I'm interested in that. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, like the old Seinfeld bit, public speaking is the number one. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny again. It is funny every time. (laughs) You know, that is somebody's mouth. That music is. No, it isn't. That's a bit you're doing. No, no, no. It's Bobby McFerrin style. That's a guy's voice. No way! It's like Reggie Watts style. Yep. Reggie Watts, who did the theme to the show. That's not a bass. It's a guy with a microphone, and he does every track. I think you're doing a crazy bit. Nope. I've been wrong before. I've been wrong about Goliath in the Old Testament, perhaps. I don't think I'm wrong about this. Oh, my. Wait. You don't think. I heard that. I mean, how can we be sure? Who'd you hear it from? Do lizard people rule the earth? 
Apparently so. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I Addicts run the earth. Addicts? Power addicts? Yeah, like money is an addiction. Greed is an addiction. Sure. And the most addicted drug addicts are the ones in charge of dispensing it. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm interested in, in power obsessions where people get so rich that all they get off on is crushing other people or like some, like somehow having more access or more influence. They're just – everyone needs therapy. We need to put take all the money in, in private military that we're spending. Yeah. And just let everybody Spend go to therapy? Group therapy, Democrat and Republican mixed group therapy where you talk about your childhood and anything <laughs> other than politics. Yeah. And you have to see each other as people and find a way to love them. And then little by little by little, we'll just talk about issues and th- real things and not just team. Like people. Party lines. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I was talking to uh, Melanie, who often comes up in this uh, in this podcast, is uh, when someone's being really mean to you, the most disarming thing to say is, hey, I'm a person. Oh, Doesn't that work? Doesn't that you just kind of break your you heart? You know what worked? And this is sad, I think. A woman confronted me at a party who I didn't know about Israel, right? Mm-hmm. She disagreed with me about something about Israel. And she was... Out for blood, confronting me, and as she, as she, I did really feel this way, but it was also an experiment where I was just looking at her. She was a very beautiful woman, and I just when she paused, I went, "I'm sorry, you are so stunningly beautiful," and everything changed that in that one so minute. So funny! Like, Thank you. Thank you so much. You are beautiful. You know, like whatever. Uh, I became. And you know what? That's what it all boils down to. Yeah. That we're all just kind of just like. give someone. I mean, that's a very superficial thing. But it's a but basic just human Just give need. someone love. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and we're all looking for the same basic things. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Fred Rogers quoted a woman named Mary something. And I should just learn her last name and then I could quote her. Um, there isn't anyone you couldn't love once you've heard their story. Yeah. That's interesting. Of course, everybody goes to Hitler. Well, that is exactly right. But if Hitler... What did we have before Hitler? For had a little love. Mussolini? Yeah, probably, yeah. Hitler had a little love, was supported in his love of art. Yep. Was, I'm sure, crazy fucked up things happened to him. I mean, look at what he was doing. He was trying to make a perfect Aryan nation of blonde hair, blue-eyed people, and he looks like a Jew. Yeah. Well, he was Jewish, right? Wasn't his mother Jewish? I don't know, but that sounds re- that would make yeah. that falls in line. It's hard to tell with Hitler. Look, I don't have compassion for I, he, but you know what? I don't really believe supervillain evil. I think yeah. people are super fucked up and create unbelievable amounts of damage. Right. I think that's what's wrong with the whole world and everything. And the fact that people are starving and America alone can feed the whole world. Right. You know, when people are occupying uh, Wall Street and whatever, and the people against that, basically Republicans, I don't want to generalize, say they're against capitalism. No, no, they're not against capitalism. They're against inhumanity. Yeah. They're, They're against corporate greed. And money being more important than the welfare of people. Yeah, yeah. 
It's, there's a difference. It's not black and white like that. They don't, they don't want capitalism. No, no, no. Capitalism's great. But it's not who has the most money uh, wins because there are people starving that we can 100% feed. Yeah. I think I, I think I read it in a Moby album where it was like the grain we feed cows could feed the entire earth. Like there would be no hungry people if we yeah. just stopped. Well, farmers are paid to not grow food. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. I mean... I think the only crop we have left is corn. We were talking about this. We were talking about how weird I am with... I'm the fattest nutritionally informed person. You're ever. not. You look good. Thank you. I'm going to say you look well, like in the, slim, you're slimming down. In the time that we've known each other, I've lost quite a bit. Quite yeah. a bit. Quite a bit of weight. And it was basically, it was doing kind of like what we were talking about, eating fruit and, fruit and veg, fruit and veg pretty much. I'm really going to get to anxiety now because I'm very interested in this. <laughs> so the number one fear, public speaking. You're an, would you say you're an anxious person? Uh, yeah. Or that you I can work? get very zen yeah. if I'm in my right mind. You but have a I lovely can... uh, yoga meditation room with your mom on the wall, I seem to remember. A yoga meditation Yeah, that's what I call that room. I have a spare bedroom and I, yeah, I put a uh, elliptical machine in it in a TV. Oh, I thought a it's, mat. it's not really like a Buddha sort of no. calm place. Okay. <laughs> well, it looks like it could be. So if it you get into be. that later. Yeah, I got it. But like, so you're, so these are the things that I think don't add up for both of us. Anxious kid. I was uh, like, I had a bald spot and stuff on the side of my head. Just like a worrying sort of kid. Mm. Kind of like an, in an Al-Anani sort of way. I took on other people's problems and I was like, I can control these. And it freaked me out. Right. And, uh, then I then I go into a profession that most people would rather you know shoot themselves in the it's face. It's an odd dichotomy, and yet I think it's probably really common with comedians. Yeah. So you you, you were anxious and and also love speaking in front of groups of people. Yeah. Well, I I wasn't. I was just class clown, family clown, you know, attention kid. Yeah. And one day. When I was in eighth grade, it was like a cloud covered the sun, and I was depressed and panic attacks. And in eighth grade, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. Oh wow! And it lasted. It's such a long, awful story, but it was terrifying. Yeah. And uh, were you diagnosed? Was it like my parents? You know, did the best they could. They were sending me to doctors and this, and finally go to this registered nurse therapist in Boston before school in the morning. Mm -hmm. And um, she just, well, I mean, I've told this story many times, but I I went to a a shrink, a psychiatrist in New Hampshire, where I'm from, who prescribed Xanax and said, take this whenever you feel bad. Oh, God. And then I went to my second session with him and waited and waited and waited and waited and he had hung himself. Fucking and I had to, what? this is before cell phones. I had to wait for the hour to be over for my mom to pick me up. Oh my gosh. So then, then I go to this. Wait, woman. they told you little Sarah Silverman. I'm sorry. He's not coming. He hung himself. Even worse. Uh, it, it was a Victorian house, you know, New Hampshire that two, <laughs> oh, two doctors no. shared this doctor and another doctor, a hypnotist, who I also went to on a different day of the week for bedwetting. Oh, God. <clears throat> and he came down, Dr. Grimm, with his eyes just red from crying. And I'm just sitting there. I'm 13. And he goes, I'll say a different name. I'll say O'Reilly. <laughs> Dr. O'Reilly killed himself. 
Are you serious right now? Yes, just no bedside manner, completely in his own terror. To a child? And then he went back upstairs and I like perused through a People magazine trying to process this until my mom came. That is insane. Um, so anyway, this woman was should be in jail, this next woman, who just upped my medicine and upped my medicine until I was not kidding, taking four did I say Xanax? Yeah. Four Xanax four times a day. Four sixteen po- Xanax. Point a day. five? Point like the the four pills. Oh, four pills of Xanax four times a day? Yeah. Sixteen Xanax a day. And my parents didn't know that doctors they believe doctors. Yeah. And she wasn't even a doctor. Her husband was a doctor and he would write the prescriptions. Oh God. And I finally we went to this other psychiatrist. Um, in New Hampshire that was Mexican, Dr. Santiago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, could not believe I was on this amount of medication and like took me off of it a half a pill less a week, you know, very yeah. gradually. Was and that really hard, the withdrawals and stuff? I didn't even, I just felt like nothing. And I knew I was, I remember thinking this can't be right, but like every adult was telling me to do it. And I kept all the pills in a shoebox. All the uh, pill uh, bottles, just in case, like, it killed me, someone would find this or something. Oh, my gosh. But by the time I was completely off of it, I remember being at the bubbler, the the water fountain in in the hallway sophomore year and taking that last half a pill, and I was back to myself again. Yeah. But I think it was just time passing, growing, all that stuff, you know. I don't know. I mean, because since then – it happened again in when I was 22, and I recognized it right away, like all in one moment. Like you, it, what happened again? The cloud. Okay. And I recognized it. And then what's interesting, what I learned later is like your first panic attack, after your first panic attack, every subsequent panic attack comes from the fear of having another panic attack because you've uh-huh. had that, that horror, that taste of horror. Yeah. Horror. Horror. Anyway, I'm boring myself. No, God, I'm I'm really interested. <laughs> I'm getting an asthma attack, actually. So what else? What what else? Oh, is indeed? there anything more to tell you about that? Do you get anxious? Did you get anxious when you started doing comedy? Uh, I remember when I would have a spot somewhere, I would be hugely nervous. Yeah, really. I, sometimes I still am. Well, that's good. I mean, that that's you know, I guess you could say that's just a signal from your brain that you need to prepare. You want to do well. Yeah, like tomorrow, I have Sarah and friends at Largo, and and I usually, if I can take the day or as much of the day before it to just work on my set. Yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah. You know, and if I don't, I go there and I'm like getting a set together, and I'm just like, I'm a hack, I'm a hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you. Here's a weird question. Do you take your no? We're doing asthma medication. I <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just don't want anyone to freak out listening, I suppose. Do you um, – this is a weird question. Do you do any like visualization stuff? The reason I ask – and I don't mean in like a secret sort of way. I mean in a very practical, psychological way. Do you find yourself instinctually picturing things going well? No. Really? No, but that's a really good thing to do. There was a, when I there was a time where I was really first like when I was like on fire with stand up where I knew every t- I'm going to go on and I'm going to kill. Like yeah. I knew it. Like I had gotten that zone. Like that zone that I think like Tignataro is in now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like 
she's on fire and she's like fearless and there's, she's not, um, but now I'm back to being like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. I don't even know who I am on stage right Ah. now, (laughs) but I think that's good, you know, because it forces you to, to try to find yourself over all over sure. again. Well, that, that's that's the inverted uh, you of anxiety, I suppose. My my old therapist used to say that if you don't have enough anxiety, you'll be debilitated because you don't care. You're not freaked out at all. If you have too much, you'll be you know crippled with panic. Right. But if you're right. on the high part of the upside down, I guess we could say a lowercase n. If you're in the middle and you have just enough, you'll do really really well. But like when your show started, the Sarah Silverman program, did you? have a feeling that it was going to go well? Did you? Well, that I never really think about. No, I didn't. And I still, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's considered, I love the show. I, I mean, I very like few people saw it. I mean, is that know. true? Yeah. I just found out that very few people watch Louie. Like, I feel like I don't know what's That's going the thing on. Is like our world is not the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we're like the Amish. The most of the country is very, very different yeah. and watches different things. I mean, the biggest show is, you know, are not shows we watch. Right. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's important to kind of try to be in touch with the rest of the country and not feel, uh, terrified inside. Yeah. But, um, I, I was talking to, you know, need she, to find a connection to it in some way. I right. think, I don't know. T, you know, TJ, TJ Miller, uh-huh. we were talking about that and I, I, he kind of uncovered this feeling that I didn't know that I had, which was a disconnect with, uh, I guess the middle of the country. But look at us being afraid of what's unfamiliar, right? Xenophobes, which is maybe what the people we fear also have. So there's that, oh, there's that a common ground. That's actually you know very I mean? funny. When mm. I used to, when I used to tour and I'd go up to like the, whatever, Peoria, Illinois, or you, uh, or whatever, the middle of just some, <coughs> Sorry, I'm dying. It's, it's okay. You okay. Yeah. I, <coughs> Sorry, everybody. Does anyone need a drink? No, I'm good. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I would tell myself was, you good? I don't want you to fucking... Oh, your eyes are all watery. <laughs> it made my like heart feel sad. I know you're not crying, but my heart... It's like when didn't. you're in the, watching, the mov- watching a movie and it's quiet and you have to cough and you're, or a play even worse or yeah. something. It's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> so right. when I would do a show in a place that I was like, I don't feel like you care about Wi-Fi or Netflix, like things that I have jokes about. Right. I would try to remind myself that everybody's afraid of death and everybody's uh, not sure what they believe about like God and stuff. Even if, even if they say they are on some level, they're unsure. Try to think about these universal principles that we can all relate. Okay. I have quite a bit of material about like a killer hiding in the backseat of my car. Right. And I was like, oh, there you go. Great. Everyone will get that. Everyone, everyone will understand this. And if I can try and be like, Hey, it's weird that we're all alive and it's and, and like what is the most basic level that we can boil down the human existence to and i think it is fear of death and i think that's kind of our job is to love death yeah life sex sex hunger duty lust pooping shitting shit dicks mm-hmm. vaginas i was gonna say pussies but i said vagina that's the oh. first that's the first time i made you uh uh really laugh was we were at um oh nick kroll's movie do you remember it was so funny 
Do you what remember did you this? say? I remember laughing. We were like joking back and forth. Or, and you said, well, what? You, you said, I have to go pee. Oh, and yeah. I said, yeah, go pee out your pussy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was like, for me. That made me laugh so hard. Because I think we bo- what, we, what we both knew was like, we didn't know each other that well. I mean, we've hung out. Well, you out. had this face as soon as you said it, like you were. Like you, like what happened was you were testing the waters of our friendship, right? And is this your eyes okay? Wide, like what's she gonna, you know? Yeah. But, but it made me so happy. I it totally me, was. It, it made me. It's like that thing where it just it made me feel connected to you, right? right, right. And then I think like ever since we were like I couldn't even, you know, I right. feel like we're friends. Well, that's that goes back to the bone thing where it's like, oh, we're comedians. We're the same kind of mutants. You know what I mean? Like we care about the same things. We probably have similar perspectives. This actually merges nicely into the third thing that I really like to talk about. We've talked about sex. We talked about God a little bit, but, uh, is relationships. One time we were at the improv and I've been quote, I've been misquoting you for years and I ran this by you and you're like, and you're like, I never said that because I was saying that you said a comedian dating a non-comedian is like a lesbian dating a man, which is something I heard that you said. And you were like, I I didn't say that. You mean on stage or in an interview? I don't think, I don't remember ever saying that, but I don't, I'm a stoner and I don't remember a lot of things I say. And it's not that I totally disagree with that. It, with that statement, but well, it's an it's an interesting one. I, I mean, I, I I definitely have not said that though because men comics don't date comics usually. Sometimes I, they do. Yeah, I, I I've dated comedians. I mean, I guess that's a crazy thing to say if I say girl comics date comics and guy comics don't date comics. But oh, you're right. Women comics, uh, women in general, I think, um, are attracted to um, people that they. Um, are look up to. Right. M- women tend to be Talent. attracted to men they look up to and men seem to tend to be attracted to women that will fuck them. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it's different. You know? uh, it's really funny that you said I have on a post-it. I was going to tweet this and then I didn't because I didn't want it to like cause controversy. <laughs> I'm such a pussy, but I was going to say, uh, women find personality and justify his looks and guys find looks and justify their personality. Oh, it's so true. Chelsea and I always say it's like when guy comics are dating some really hot, dumb girl. She said this to me. They're, they're oh, always no, no. like, she's really funny. She's, she's really like, funny, so actually. funny. It's like, oh, really? If if she was a guy comedian, yeah. Yeah. would you think that he was oh, like the funniest God. comic? It's so fucking she's true. She's so funny. She tried... She, she, she said something with a, oh. a lilt that seemed to be gleaned from me. Yeah. I've done this. I've done this. Not not the comedian I did. I, I actually the comedian I dated, Jamie Lee. She's a super funny comedian. But I've dated civilians, and I've been like, no, she's actually she's really funny, and like she gets my sense of humor. Really, Pete? Does she really? <laughs> like, could I make the same go pee out your pussy joke? Probably not. Right. You know what I mean? That's going to be weird if you say that. So I, I I I'm trying to find. I'm doing this podcast almost selfishly because I like to ask people. I like to ask comedians what they think. Who the fuck do we belong with? I'm I'm a single man. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of which is a great amount of freedom. Like in the sense, I don't mean like fucking a lot of people. I mean like in the sense I could go anywhere. Right. And later I'll be in a relationship and I'll look back to this Pete and I'll be like, you don't know what you had. You could have gone in any direction. No. Well, it's scary. It's just like I love love, but I'm at a place where I also love being alone. Yeah. And um. I mean, I love love. I'd like to find that person that I spend the rest of my life with, but yeah, 
I, when I meet people, um, you know, I always kind of go like, is he, would I rather hang out with him than by myself? Oh God. You know what I mean? You're cutting right to the core. You, we're both friends with uh, tall John and, and we yes. had a, a very nice conversation about that where he, he and I, I don't think he'll mind me saying we were talking similarly when you start to learn to love yourself Right. And you start to kind of, and I'm very codependent and this is new to me. I, I've, I've never been single for this long. It's been like six months or something. Wow. Just like, I know. I, it's not that I'm some sort of player. It's that I'm a, a relationship guy. Yeah, me too. I, well, that's the thing is like, I don't think I've ever dated someone I didn't, I didn't immediately go into a relationship with. I, it's, it's, I have a bit. I was like, if anybody would like to sleep with me after the show, I'll trade you a year of my life. Yeah. And so it's a problem. <laughs> I won't fucking leave them. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's been something that I'm working on or whatever, but like, uh, who, who are we supposed to be with? I mean, we love being alone. We're learning how to not be codependent. I love your, I love your home. You have a nice television and I feel like you could stay in here for a long time I and do, be happy. Yeah. Absolutely. I do too. I have a real hard time leaving. I sometimes say, if I didn't do comedy, it's kind of perfect. I wouldn't leave the house. I know. I would stay in. And my, my own brain entertains me. You know what I mean? Like I kind of enjoy just being quiet and seeing what kicks up. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a funny idea or whatever. Not, not to sound like some genius. I'm just like thinking about farts and stuff, you know, yeah. like enjoying it. And then when, when you start to associate relationships with pain in the long term, that somebody will like hurt you or fuck up your life. And I, I can go on two dates with a person. And then if I want to tell them that I don't want to see them anymore, that I don't feel the spark or whatever, I'll go through agony as if we had been dating, if, yeah. as if we were engaged, as if I had met their family. So I, I, I'm like, can I do this? I can't even trust myself. I'm just going to fall into it and I'm going to be with that person and like either it'll be great and there's a chance of that or I'll wake up and it'll be 10 months later and I'm like, I'm with this girl that I'm like Chelsea pretending is funny because I'm fucking her Not and like I feel Chelsea, like, no, what Chelsea says. like what Chelsea says. <laughs> I feel guilty because I'm fucking them and I feel like I owe them my undying commitment. I know. I, the same way. It's like I see some people that just date girls and are and there's never drama and there's different people all the time. Right. I don't know how you do that. I would yeah. I wish I could do that. Yeah. I'm the same way. You know Moshe, Moshe Kasher? Mm -hmm. He was talking about being sex positive or whatever. And he's just one of these people that like he again wouldn't mind me saying we talked about it. Fucks people. He fucks people who like to fuck other people and they fuck and then they're like, have a good day. Do you mind if I grab a sugar-free Red Bull on the way out? You know what I mean? And they move on and they just understand that, that it's just like, that's a carnal thing that I like. But he laments having lost the spiritual side of sex. Right, right. Losing that tact, uh, tactic, whatever, stickiness of the glue that a relationship that sex is special suddenly it means more because you're fucking and you Yeah, don't. I mean, I don't think I could ever be someone or maybe, well, the year I was 20, I was probably this person. Yeah. But um, I can't imagine, I'm, I don't really, I, I enjoy sex very much, but I don't think that I could have like a one night stand with someone I'm not into. Right. Like I need to, I'm not turned on unless I'm turned on, you As know, it, intellectually. I'm like, and a, I don't mean intellectually, like because you're smart. I right. mean, like, and just in my brain has to be turned on. I need a narrative. 
Now, I don't watch pornography with a plot. Pornography. God, I'm such a fucking weirdo. I don't watch pornography with a plot. But like, in order to have sex with somebody, I, I need to be like, oh, I, I like your brain. I like the situation. I like the way that, uh, you sipped your drink and I like the way that you laugh and all that sort of stuff. I can't just be like, you got big tits and I fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, and Because Nick that's Paul, better for masturbation. You can picture those things. Absolutely. I always like whenever someone's like, oh, God, I don't want to call him or I don't want to call her, but I just fucking want to call her so bad right now. It's late at night you know, yeah. kind of thing. And I always go like masturbate and then and then decide if you want, really want to call her. That's so funny. Because nine out of ten times you You're not gonna stay call. out of trouble. That's and not so interesting. I think about that all the time. The, the way that sex is like hunger. In the sense that like right. when you're horny or hungry, you want it so bad. When you're hungry, you're like, I'm going to drink gravy. I'm going to eat raw bacon. And that's how sex is. And the second you eat, you're looking at the wreckage that is your kitchen. And you're like, what the fuck was that all about? Yeah. And I'm sometimes that way with sex. The second you come, you're kind of like, what was that all about? I don't even understand the person. I, I was like a werewolf five seconds ago. And now I've literally emptied my tank and I just want to like, I don't know, sleep? be alone, take a shower. I don't know what I want, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make sense anymore. I can't relate anymore to that guy mm-hmm. that was like, I want to come on a cat. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not fuck the cat, but when I'm fu- done fucking, I come on the cat. <laughs> wow. Is that a story you've heard? Or no, I've never come on up? a cat. I'm just saying, I'm trying to think of something perverted sexually. Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Thank you. Especially because they're such clean freaks. Yeah. They would hate it. Yeah. It would be like a bath, but from a man basin. I'm going to let this moment exist. You know what I mean? Let's let, let's let some dead air happen right yeah. there. Somebody's on an elliptical right now listening to this and they felt that, that pain. Yeah. Well, felt something. They definitely be, felt something. Could be joy. Could, could also be. be joy. So who is it? Who are we to date, Sarah Silverman? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. TJ had a theory that he told me one time, which was like somebody, they need to be obsessed with their work as well. What do you think about right. that? Like a surgeon. Uh, some well, mm. Somebody that understands what it's like to get a call at three in the morning and be like, I got to go operate on somebody's brain in the way that like, when I dated a comedian, we could have a date where it was like one night only, Barry White, the ticket was $10,000. And um, my girlfriend at the time could get a date and be like, I got to go down to fucking governors in Long Island. Yeah. And I would be like, have a great set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is you want someone who <clears> – I <throat> have thought about this. In a way, it's probably – it might be good to have somebody who doesn't have the same um, set of um, – childhood scars that have led you to, to us to need yeah. attention and approval from strangers. Right. Them not having that would probably be helpful. I think there's something to wanting a yin to your yang. Sure. But God, I, I mean, I just couldn't, I just couldn't be with someone who I didn't think was funny. They don't have to be comics. Again, they pr- can, they can do anything, but they gotta be funny. I just, uh. I don't, I mean, and I, it sounds snobby, but I know you understand. It's like, I wouldn't even know what to say. I, I mean, know. just even hanging out. I remember I took an acting class and I was just three hours with non-comedy actors <laughs> was like, torture for me. I know it sounds, it sounds so obnoxious, but it's like a sickness. I mean, yeah. we are very much like a church group or a, uh, a cult. 
Yeah, or or anything that is like you're told it's your life. Yeah. That was the first thing that actually really turned me on about doing comedy. It wasn't like a late night spot or first paying gig or whatever. It was getting to hang out with comedians. It's the diner after. Exactly. It's Cafe 101 late at night. Yeah. And you're eating a strawberry shortcake with John Mulaney. Something we did. And totally. Fucking, I'll remember that. Sometimes I, I don't know what material I did on Fallon, but I remember going out to dinner afterwards. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's the joy. That's the joy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've had boyfriends where, and I become very subservient in relationships, and I've had boyfriends where I nervously go straight home after a set because I don't want him mad at me. Yeah. And that the joy is the hanging out after, I know. you know? But- I've been there, too. I've tried to normalize it. It's absurd. I spent my 20s trying to make it normal that I have a show. I remember saying to myself, I was like, I want it to be more normal that I have a show that I don't. I want the weird night, the night that whoever I'm with is like, what the fuck, is the night that I'm like, I don't have a show. So I want to flip it. You know, it's weird to leave your house at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday to do 10 minutes. But like, so, oh God, I lost my train of thought. What were we saying? We were talking about... (laughs) Katie? Oh, yeah. And then I've had civilian girlfriends where I did exactly what you were saying. Thank you, Katie. Where I do my set and I rush home because I've had girlfriends that were just like assume I'm fucking somebody or something. I'm like, the last thing – I've said this a million times. How many (laughs) times have I said this on the show? The last thing I want to do after a show is have sex. I want to hang out with fucking Nick Kroll and his Prius. Yeah. And And eat too much. Eat Chinese food and just fucking riff on a I would so much rather be – in a car ride uh, talking or in a quiet diner, then I cannot relate to uh, I know what you're gonna people. Say. I don't know if you do, but I mean, that go to these like loud clubs with loud yeah. music. I, I mean, I, I walk into something like that. I turn around and leave. Like I'm a, I'm a conversation person. Like if I'm going to go out and, and the thing that makes me crazy about these bars with loud shitty music. Yeah. That's like, eh, 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 like, I can't even get my head around it. It makes me crazy. I, and I just go like, no one's even <laughs> dancing. I love dancing. Sure. I love when it's great music and everyone's dancing. Yes. I love it. Yes. But it's not even dancing. It's, I, you can't talk. It's right. Uh, you can't talk or dance. Sarah, you're saying something that is so close to my heart. I no, did know what you were going to say. It makes me crazy. I recently I went on like a uh, like without with a group of friends, and I didn't pick the place or anything. And these are civilian people, and I, I don't really know them that well. And we went out, and we went to like a loud bar, and I was just like, you couldn't hear each other, and I was like, how can I hear the funny things you're saying, and how can you not hear? You can't hear the funny things I'm saying. Some people go to a club and you wear a fucking tank top and you have an awesome tattoo and you got great arms or whatever. If you're a girl, you got huge tits. Whatever it is, God love you. That's great. That's your skill. My skill is what I want to say. I want to make you laugh. When people say, "Oh, if you don't go out, you're not going to meet people," I'm like, I don't. There isn't a single person that would go to those places that I want to meet. Absolutely. I've always had this old-fashioned idea. Have you seen the movie Once? 
Oh, no. I have the record. It's a great record. Yeah, but I didn't see it. I know. I heard it's the best. I, I'm, it's not a, a spoiler, and it's not even an endorsement of the film, although it's great. <laughs> they have this scene where like they're, they're like our age, and they have a party, and they have all these people come over, and it's just like they just brought guitars, and p- they have a piano, and they're, it's, just like, it's just like an old person party. There's a table. You bring a covered dish. It's like this communal it's sort of best. eating, laughing. They smoke some pot. They play songs. They sing and tell stories and jokes, and the focus is shared. It goes around the room. It's like fucking summer camp, and we can create that. We can have that community, yeah. or we can go to some club called the Butthole and stand by a Why subwoofer. A club when like friends can come over and we can watch, you know, something on TV and and talk over it and ruin and it. talk over it and ruin it and yeah. order in and laugh. Jesus. I'm having a great time right now. This is my idea of a good time. And like the idea of, of when, when we were at that movie making little snide remarks I and stuff. I love it. That's the idea. God. I don't, I don't think we're in the minority. I don't think it's just comedians. I it's know. It's not just comedians, yeah. but there's funny people and there's not funny people. There's funny, there's people that want to play and do bits and laugh. Yeah. And there are people that don't, that that's not a part of their world. Right. And you can't really. There's nothing wrong with them. I just, I, I don't, I have nothing to. Right. Say it's awkward. It's like being I, what I imagine when you're the only comic or comedian or funny person of any kind, and you're the only comics are just we're different. Uh, maybe that's a, a narcissistic wish, but we are I mean, like right. when uh, when I've been at doing shows or done worked on something or been in a place where no one else is a comic, I feel like that must be what it's like to be. The only black person and a all yeah. white, you know, that's like our the only Jew and a that's all our minority thing. Yeah, it's like it's you don't you want to fit in, you don't want to be, you know, but you just really want to. You might want you really just wish there was someone else of your yeah. own. You ever go to a party and you don't know anybody? And I don't mind not knowing. I love talking to people. I can yeah. pretty much have fun anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you but go to a party someplace. If you're someplace and even a comic you're not good friends with or even a comic you don't know well walks in the door, I mean, it's just like, zoom. I've never. Hi. You're just like so excited to see each other. I've been booked on shows where you have like a four-hour drive and they'll book an opener and they'll be like, the opener lives in, uh, you know, at the time Brooklyn, they'll be like, you guys should drive together. And I've never hesitated. I've been like, yeah, that sounds great. And I've never even had a lull with some stranger in the car because we share the same values and worldview. Even if he's a horrible piece of shit hack that's never said a funny thing on stage in his life, I don't care. He has the same compulsion and the same sort of perspective and I'll get along with him. And I'll enjoy him. Yeah. This is this is another, Chelsea Peretti should have been here fucking today, <laughs> but because this keeps coming up, if I were and I have made a list of things that I'm looking for in a partner, like a romantic partner, funny comes up. Like if I'm just free writing, if I'm trying to just be like, let's let's let the subconscious get out a little bit and not censor myself, funny comes up so often. And I've talked to Peretti about this, and she's like. I don't necessarily need my boyfriend to do bits because that's what my friends are for. I disagree with her on this, and I have right. a feeling. Well, she's dated on you know people who aren't funny. Yeah, I mean, she dates like she's date she dates like break dancers and rappers. And yeah, stuff, you know? she's so fucking weird. I love her. I 
On the other hand, and I feel like you might be the same way, when I'm in a relationship, that takes over my life in a pretty big way. Yeah. I'm going to give them arguably too much. That's another Alan yeah. thing. I'm like, here, have everything. All the doors in this house are unlocked. I Which- left my life for seven years socially. I think yeah. pretty much uh, Is my that right? last big one. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I do too. I, the friends that I can actually maintain through relationships, those are like my real hardcore deep friends. And there's only like five of them. Yeah. And like everybody else just goes away. I'm like a girl in the sense that I'll have more friends. And then when I start dating somebody, those, those, the, the first ones in, are gone. Like, I'm just like, sorry, I'm having sex with somebody. Like, I don't need to go to lunch with you anymore. And I don't mean that cruelly. I'm just kind of like, this, this person's going to get all this attention. But like Chelsea, Chelsea, what I disagree with her about that is like, because I'm going to spend so much of my time with this person and I know how I am in a relationship, I need them to be funny. I not only need them to think I'm funny, I need them to like make, I need to think they're funny and like I need to be funnier with them than I am, you know, by myself. You know what I mean? I need it to like contribute. Well, you want them to bring out the best in you, and for us, the best is always going to be associated with comedy. But yeah. you know, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, someone who thinks you're hilarious is great. It is, you know. And a lot of comics great. date people who don't think they're funny. Yeah, some sort of self hatred. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, I'm going to date this uh, negating voice instead of an empowering voice. But uh, you know, in the times that I've dated people that think I'm funny, it's unbelievable. I've also dated people that's great for your act. It's I mean, great it's, for you, your act. You get to be constantly writing. Some of my best bits are just things I said to my girlfriend that I didn't even know were funny. Right. And then I, I wrote it down. I, I have a joke about how it sucks to be a kid, and it, it was pretty. I think you're. Running I'm so out of sorry. Time. No, I just wanted to check. No, no, no. I, I, I'm keeping an eye on the time for you. Oh. And I'm kind of like you said, 7.45 and it's 7.45. No, it's good. I'm, I'm so into it. <laughs> I appreciate that. But it's like that that's one of my better bets, not to be weird, but you know which ones work better. And I never in a million years would have written it if I wasn't with a girl at the time who laughed for 10 minutes at it and kept bringing it up. She probably brought it up like 10 times before I wrote it down. You know what I mean? And then I was like, yeah. okay, I'll, I wrote down kid bit. And that's what I close with on my special. You know what I mean? That's wow. the bit that like people want to hear or they did want to hear years ago. If anybody wants to hear anything, I don't want to sound arrogant. So I, I mean like a good relationship like that is essential. What's happening? I just yawned. I felt bad, but I wasn't yawning because I was. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I, well, the lights are dim. That is true. I made it very ambient. It's very, it's, it's a very, um, I feel like uh, NPR, if we have to, don't you ever want to be profiled by NPR? Huh? I want, I, it's one of my desires to be profiled by NPR and, and you'd be like, Sarah Silverman's apartment is surprisingly clean for a mind that's so scattered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just some sort of like, oh my God, to be known in that way. It's like being made fun of by Chelsea. Yeah. So do you, you don't, I, I, I feel like we discovered the, the love thing pretty good. They have to not have the same damage as we do. You know, not not need affirmation from strangers. You know what? They have to be open to they have to be curious about what makes themselves tick. Yes. Um because that just, you know, like you don't have to be in therapy, but at least they, it's great if they, you know, have that kind of like kind of wonder where things come from because otherwise you get a whole bunch of misplaced anger put on you or something, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I know you hate your dad, but you don't have to yell at me about it. You yeah. know, like... Hurt people um, hurt people. 
But it's yeah, it's good if if they if they're if they, yeah. What what about the the jealousy factor? And I'm not talking about fame or money or even adoration. Oh God! I'm talking about the uh, jealousy of somebody that knows you have a calling, like we were saying. I think that drives a lot of people crazy. A lot of writers that I know date civilians, and then and I don't say civilians in a down my nose sort of thing. I just mean non comedians, and then those people will become writers, or they will try to. Right? (laughs) Am I right? Yes. Can't you can't be with somebody doing what we're doing and not have them want to do it, and not necessarily stand up, but like some sort of like. Well, also the thing is when you date somebody who is totally not in the world of comedy and maybe they were in awe of what we did, but all the magic, all the tricks and all the, the bag of tricks and all the, the magic of it um, comes undone for them and then they can become jaded and not laugh at you because yeah. they they see the, the strings, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and um, <laughs> that's a bummer, you know? I mean, like, yeah. so someone who who will never be disillusioned by it like us, right. you know, right, like, right. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, but you can make a million rules and say, I want this, I don't want this, I want this, I don't want this, but... Once it hits you that you love somebody, it's all that goes out the window. Yeah, that's true. I think that's why we have to be selective before we fall in love. Yeah. No, you're right. Who did I just become? trying to prevent (laughs) long-term relationships that I know are not going to – Yeah. That I'm just kind of being passively in. But it's not like I do that. I mean, I I love people. I love – I've – I love the fellas, I, the boyfriends I've had. I still love all the of them. The fellas. I know. That was great. You should have had one of those big floppy purple flapper hats. <laughs> it's very old timey. But what, what do you, the idea uh, of, <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a picture of a child with a rooster smoking a cigarette on your wall that is very, very funny. Yeah. That I just, some of these pictures are incredibly personal to me and some I just like, oh, that's cool. I saw it on the internet. Is that, that's one of the just cool ones? Yeah. I find that. Hilarious. I saw it on the internet and I said, that's art in is my that, head. Is that Bill Murray? Yeah. Isn't that weird that you can, he doesn't have a face. You can tell by his hair, ears, and neck. I bought that at that comedy art show at the. Uh, I wish I had gone to that. Yeah. I regret every day that I didn't go to that. I just oh. got, uh, you know, Steve Martin, the cover of uh, Let's Get Small. Uh-huh. It's also the cover of his book on a t shirt. And I just had a guy put on a hoodie. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Oh. Like Steve Martin art. I love it so much. Uh, anyway, what was it? Oh, the idea of a partner that doesn't know what they want to do, I don't think is going to fly with somebody uh, like you or, or somebody like me. If they're like stuck or don't even know what their interest is, it doesn't have to be well-paying or anything, but at least they know I like making affordable clamshell art. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I, I don't, I, someone, I'm not, I'm turned off by passionlessness. Yeah. So, I mean. And opinionlessness. Yeah. I've actually been trying to write a bit. All I have written down is have an opinion. I'm so bored. That's, that's all great. that's on the paper. And I, I'll, I've just found myself yelling that and getting a response because people know what I mean. It's the worst thing to be talking to somebody that is just like either everything's amazing. How's that restaurant? It's amazing. How's that cookie you're eating? It's amazing. How's that pl- movie? It's amazing. That's just another type of opinionlessness. You like people crave direction and like in a weird way, leadership 
that like anytime someone lights a match, like we're all just like drawn to that light. You know Ooh. what I mean? Ooh, like it's getting that. really weird. That's the name of the show. But like, I, I, I just, I'm dying for people with like uh, strong opinions and stuff and, and like some sort of decisiveness. <clears throat> but that said, traditionally people with strong opinions um, are, are not as popular as people with ambiguousness yeah. because I remember Ted Koppel saying this, having this theory called the Vanna White theory. You remember when Vanna White was, maybe you're too young, I don't know, but <clears throat> there's a time when Vanna White suddenly became the most famous woman in the world. Hmm. And no one knew anything about her except that she turned the letters on a wheel of fortune. Right. And he said, the reason why people, why she became so famous was because no one knew anything about her, but everyone knew her. Yeah. And that when poli- when a politician can be that ambiguous, um, then we are able to put everything we want them to be onto them. That's so funny. So that's how I am in relationships. Yeah. When I don't know, I'm so fucking absurd. And I wonder if you're the same way. I'll date a girl one date, and I when I ask her out. I, I'm embarrassed to say this. I'll hang up the phone and I'll picture our wedding. I know that's, I know that's absurd. I, I and I I'm not saying it's that absurd. It's to, romantic. I, I suppose it is romantic, but it, it's like I can't not begin to hypothesize what their opinions are on like chunky versus smooth peanut butter. Like I start to think and picture everything. I used to do this when I was a kid. I, I loved the band Rancid. I still do. And I grew up Christian. And I used to try and think I was like Tim Armstrong, the lead singer. I was like, there's some lyrics that seem to imply that maybe he's a believer in something. And then I was like, he's probably like me. He's probably, he's probably a Christian. Cause I don't know anything about him. Right. This is pre internet. So I was like, I think. I think, uh, fucking, uh, I'm trying to think of someone. I think the Operation Ivy guys are probably Christian. What am I talking about? Like just kind of pouring into them. And then unfortunately when I date somebody, I'm just slowly disappointed. It's like you do do cocaine. You are like a hardcore atheist or, uh, just closed about everything or like you're a know-it-all or you're a cunt. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like I, I thought you were an angel and I thought you were open about things. And like it's so stupid and I'm really trying to, I'm not being too hard on myself. I'm trying to like just let someone be who they are and make a mature, an informed decision. Yeah. Can I love this person exactly who they are today? Instead of trying to change them and yeah. be like, you'll be my sidekick. I do that a lot. Do you do that? <laughs> no. Well, no. Oh, I'm... you become the sidekick. Yeah. I like to... Uh, but you're like I, a powerful person. How, how? I know. But in relationships, I get very... Um, <clears throat> I think because I want to feel like the girl, you know? And you like know. I get... I can... I can... Yeah, but I mean... Get very... Um, you, Subservient. You go on a date, though. Uh, I never go on a date. I I just know when I see a man that <laughs> I just I just know. Yeah. And then uh, I just the second I'm alone. I mean, I, I went on a date with someone that I just like. I just knew. I I never go on a date and, and go to dinner and get to know someone. I've never done that in my life. Oh, you've just known them already. Yeah. Or I, you know, I just know from meeting them or being around them or whatever, that this is that I want this one. Right. And, um, <laughs> let's see, I got to his house at nine 30 and at ten thirty, I looked at the clock after sex and just started <laughs> laughing. And I said, 
I've been here for one hour. Ah, <laughs> one hour. That's crazy. And, and my and great. last, yeah. Yeah, it's always that way. Your last one? Did you not want same. to? Same. Oh, same sort of thing. But that that's great to have those sort of instincts that you're in tune and you didn't regret either of those things. No. And they ended up being good for yeah. you. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. What I was going to say was, uh, for example, when we went to that movie, it was me, you, and my friend Brendan. And uh, the thing that... Uh, he's my friend, too. My friend, Brendan. <laughs> my friend, Brendan Walsh, who's going to do the show. He's wonderful. Uh, this is what I'm interested in. About you being a powerful person, you and I went to a movie, and it was a premiere, and they were asking you to do the uh, red carpet. I don't know if you even noticed, but they were calling out to you. They're like, Sarah, you're supposed to walk on the carpet. And we did. Oh. We didn't. We went around yeah. and, and we spoke pod and we went into the movie. Right. Now, I am not exaggerating. That w- I had no problem with that. That's fine. But if you're going out with some fucking guy, like a regular guy, oh, yeah, you're at a restaurant, <clears throat> the waiter is like, I'm a fan. I mean, that gets old, does it? Well, I mean, yes. Well, some, you know, I, I think like... It's easier to just not make a meal of it and go like, thanks, you know, whatever. Right. But like there is sometimes – I there are certain people in my life that I feel immense amounts of guilt when that happens and, um, right. you know, but you I, mean other I can't performers. control it. Other- no, not other – other performers. I mean there's always like, oh, you know, my friend is amazing or right, whatever. Right. But they – performers understand. You yeah, know, and, yeah. But yeah, I mean – Chelsea and I have a recognize off and Moshe and I, we have this weird thing where one of us will get recognized, but never both of us. And one time I was with uh, Moshe, like three lunches in a row, we kept getting recognized. And like, we, it's very, very rare for us. I'm talking like once out of three months or whatever. In fact, one time I went to an apartment and uh, I was looking at it and then I called Kumail, you know, Kumail Uh and he's a good friend of mine. I was like, come look at this apartment and he came in. And the second he came in, the guy was like, I am a huge comedy fan. I love you so much. I know everybody on the scene. It was like a bad sitcom, <laughs> how much he was stressing that he knows anybody who's anybody in the scene, and he's a huge fan. And like Kumail still brings that up. He harbors That's that awesome. over me. I, so anyway, it seems interesting that you do take that subservient role when you can be like, uh, not subservient, you know what I mean. You can be in that lady role. Yeah. But then like it's... Well, I like to be like, I like to be held and, you know, I... I I like the idea of like a man who kind of like can laugh at my adorable little life. You know what I mean? Like I think any woman who is self-possessed grapples with that because, you know, there's something in our bones that wants to be smaller. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, in terms of work, I just, I can't imagine compromising or, I mean, like I'm doing this thing I told you about. And my manager and my representatives called me and were like, please don't do this. You yeah. actually have something to lose here. And I was like, you're, you understand you're feeding the fire. Right. right. Like, and there's no way now I'm going right. to back off of this. And this is you the, should probably just prepare yourselves. You, can you talk about the, the NAACP? Just to, is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, hopefully this will have happened when this airs. Yeah. Um, I have like all these messages. I'm like nervous to see how it all, but um, you're with CA. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, no big deal. <laughs> but uh, I uh, well, maybe I should. Yeah, it's okay. 
we're covering so much other stuff. Yeah. It's totally fine. Do you want to cover uh, religion at all? Or do you want to throw in the, do you want to call your people and stuff? We can oh, always do this again. Too. I just have to go. Yeah. But uh, religion, you're a, you are a God person. I grew up such a God person that it, you know. You, like you believe in God. I, I believe in God in the sense that I'm constantly looking for God. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm yeah. also, I'm, I'm all, talking about having an opinion. I am delighted by atheists in the same way that I'm delighted by hearing Martin Luther King talk about God. You know what I mean? Like I love people right. that feel like they have I'm it, obsessed with it too, figured yeah. out and I love listening to Well, them. to me, atheists are like religious people because yeah. they, they feel they have, like you said, they have it figured out. They right. feel like they know the answer. I mean, to me, I'm, I would say I'm a classic agnostic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, the world in, is magical and beyond my comprehension, and I'm right. okay with that. Right. I, I know I'm not my. I'm. I may never know the answers to the big questions, which right. I always wish. Like, even when I was a kid, I would say, like, when I die, all I want is to be able to have know the answers. Yes. You know? Why did you make mosquitoes? That's what I wanted to ask. God, <laughs> all that. All that sort of stuff. Uh, Gaffigan is the only per- all, the only comedian that's come on the show. I think that isn't just like I'm an atheist. It's it like runs through our circle pretty big time. Dimitri is an agnostic as well. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine that there is a God and that one specific Bible yeah. is the one. I mean, considering that your religion almost hundred percent depends on. Where you were born, a blue yeah. state, a red state, Palestine, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Israel, yeah, if we were uh, France, whatever. You born know, in like, India would be Hindu. And I'd be, yeah. and I would have been raised Hindu and I'd be wrestling with no longer being yeah. super Hindu. It's silly. Yeah. I, but I, I believe there's, uh, I believe I don't know what the, what, er, I, where, what things come from in right. the universe. And right. the, but see, that's an openness that I find appealing. I, I'm, I'm interested in people that are just kind of like, the beginning of knowledge is admitting that you don't know anything and all that sort of stuff and right. being like, I don't know anything. And something that like stuck out in Bill Maher's film, uh, Religious, uh-huh. is he's like, I don't know and you don't know because you're, he doesn't, I'm paraphrasing, you're just a person like me. Right. And what I'm realizing now, I'm 32 and I'm realizing that religion, every religion was made by people just like me. Yeah. When I was a kid, I looked at grownups and being like, they're an authority. Now I'm a grown up and I'm like, yeah, I'm a guy that like me and, 12 other guys could like form some sort of religion and maybe in 2000 years that would be a religion and would just be people. Well, it's like how people shit on Scientology. Right. It it is absolutely no more crazy than Christianity, Judaism, every single religion. It's just newer. Exactly. We talk about the the blood of Christ very casually. I I, I grew up going to church with all my friends because I lived in a very... Goy. Uh, Christian, you know, yeah. place, yeah. and um, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. it. To me, it was like, I mean, I just went and I didn't think anything of it, except that I felt like this is like a haunted house. But grownups are totally into ah. it. Like, like <laughs> it's so fear based. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't consider myself Jewish, except ethnically. Yeah. I have no religion. But at least Jews, um, Jews don't have the fear based. Yeah, they don't have the fear. You know, you do good things not because if you don't, you'll be punished, but 
to because for to, the do, to do good things on earth, you know, and sex is is a good thing, right? And um, you know, it's a little different that way, but there's also f- plenty of fucked up shit. I'm sure anything, any fundamentalist version of any religion is ape shit crazy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and um, and fear based. Yeah. They actually did a study. It was really interesting. I forget the name of the movie. It's on Netflix. Instance. I'll, 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 if I think of it, I'll, I'll email it to you or whatever. But it was talking about how if you remind people of their own mortality, they, like, they do these studies where you take a test and some of the tests are loaded with questions that remind you that you're going to die and other ones don't. And in the ones where it reminds you that you're going to die, people are far more xenophobic, they're far more patriotic, and they're incredibly more religious. They actually did this where they were like, they, they were like, hang up this picture with the items in the room. They had a picture, they had a nail, and they had a crucifix. That's all that's in the room. And the people that they buffered before you went in the room with some sort of knowledge that you're going to die... And they, do, they wouldn't do it, obviously, but they would be like, you know, we're going to take your vital signs because uh, right. you're, you're getting older and you're going to die someday. And then they'd put them in the room. Those people wouldn't use the crucifix for a hammer because that's the obvious thing. It's a wooden cross. Right. You can use it like a hammer. The people that they didn't uh, temper or say beforehand that they were going to die went in, took two seconds. They picked up the crucifix. They nailed the nail into the wall, hung up the picture, no problem. So – like after 9-11, we were all reminded that we were going to die. We were more religious. We were more patriotic. We were more everything. The, the association with religion and answer-seeking and all that sort of stuff and our own mortality is huge. I don't know if I'm talking too much, but I found that interesting. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you go. I know. I I'm one... being rude to others now. No, you're not. Well, yeah, I don't want you to do that. Yeah. Let me ask you one question to end it. Uh, for Jews, what was the worst part of the Holocaust? The cost. <laughs> that's a Sarah Silverman joke. And thank you so much, uh, sincerely, for doing this. I made a second part to it that doesn't ever get a laugh. You told me, and I wanted What to- are the Jews' favorite part of that last joke? What? The wordplay. I just feel like Jews like wordplay. That's so right. That wasn't worth it. The well, cost. You, I, I, I also, I've been waiting for you to say, what's their second favorite part? What's their favorite Ooh. part of the Holocaust? And you say, the challah. It's so fucking Aww. stupid. I, I'm embarrassed that I told you that. We end every episode. I always ask, will you say keep it crispy? You don't have to. Keep it crispy. Thanks so much, Keep Sarah. it crispy. Keep, keep it. it crispy. That was perfect. That was better. You're the best. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 